Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church. Hello there. We're looking at the signs or the marks of a mature Christian. And in Ephesians 4 verse 14, he says, You will no longer be children tossed to and fro by every doctrine and by the deceitfulness and cunning of wicked men. And so being deceived or deception is one of the marks of being a child and being free from deception is one of the marks of being a mature Christian. Jesus warned us not to be deceived. Have you ever been deceived? Deceived simply means you're believing the wrong thing and you're unaware of it. I can remember when I was driving to a certain city in the UK that I'd never been to before and I was using a sat-nav or a, a GPS direction system and I put the city into that system and I was driving along happily unaware that there were two places with the same name and I was going to the wrong one, hundreds of kilometers away from where I needed to go. I was deceived. I had put in the wrong address by mistake and I thought I was going in the right direction. You see, the definition of being deceived includes the fact that you don't know that you are deceived. And Jesus warned us, let no one deceive you. Be careful. There are many warnings about being deceived or in deception, especially in the last days. 1 Timothy 4 verse 1 says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. And again and again in the Bible, we are warned not to be deceived. But let me make this point for you. God wouldn't warn us about it if we were powerless. <laughs> the fact that he warns us and says, don't be deceived, means he has given you and me the tools to make sure we're not deceived. What are those tools? A love of the truth in my heart the guidance of the Holy Spirit. He promised he would guide us into all truth. Uh, God is definitely concerned about keeping you on the right path. And then the third tool is his word that will guide us. And then you could add shepherds or, or other people who will help keep us on the path. If we want to be in God's will and not deceived, he makes a way for that to happen. He says in Jeremiah 29 and many other places, you will find me when you seek me. If anyone seeks me, they will find me. And so we know that we can obey this instruction and this warning to not be deceived. And yet I know from my own personal life and friendships and relationships and years in church that many, many people have been deceived. When I was in Bible college many years ago, we did a study on cult leaders. And the reason for this study was to help prepare us so that we didn't fall into the, some of the traps that they fell into. And we looked at Jim Jones and various other cult leaders who started as biblical Christians, but somewhere along the line, they veered off track and they started believing the wrong thing. And there were disastrous consequences where they led people in some cases to death, or suicide, or just to wrong belief and being separated from God forever. 
and we analyzed what were the, the characteristics that were present in all of these cults and these cult leaders that allowed them to be deceived. And I've distilled that and I, I've tried to study on my own and I want to just make a couple of points today. There are basically two things. I've distilled it into two things. Number one, we need to remove the idols from our heart. And number two, we need to be careful who we associate with and listen to. And I believe if we do those two things, if we remove the idols from our heart and we are careful who is guiding us and influencing us, we will not be deceived because God's word is so clear. He wants to guide us. He is concerned about keeping us and leading us. And he's not left us alone as orphans. Jesus is with us by his Holy Spirit, guiding us, leading us. He promises we will hear a voice behind us saying, this is the way, walk in it. He will guide us with his eye. He will keep us in his way. And so I want to encourage you today. It is possible for us to obey this command, but we need to remove the idols and we need to be careful who we are influenced by. What does it mean to remove the idols from our heart? The picture of an idol is, especially in the Old Testament, the nations around Israel worshipped false gods and they would make statues or idols of them, Bel and Nebo and all these different Dagon, all these different idols, and they would worship them. And sometimes the Israelites were tempted to allow these idols into their lives and sometimes they would take little statues and hide them in their tents and then disasters would come or sometimes they would be unfaithful to Jehovah God by worshiping these other idols and so Gideon was one of the main heroes who destroyed the idols and he led Israel out of idol worship but there's a, a couple of verses that relate to the fact that when we have idols in our heart, when we have allowed the love or the worship of something other than God to have a place of importance and worship in our hearts, it allows us to be deceived. Now, this may shock you, but it is helpful for us to understand this. So Ezekiel 14 and verse 4, God says, Therefore speak to them and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Every one of the house of Israel who sets up his idols in his heart and puts before him what causes him to stumble into iniquity and then comes to the prophet, I, the Lord, will answer him who comes according to the multitude of his idols. Wow. Wow. <laughs> that is a crazy, shocking statement. God says if somebody comes to him for a prophecy, but they have set up idols in their hearts. God says, I will answer them according to the multitude of his idols. 2 Thessalonians 2 says a similar thing about the end times. It says, uh, with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. So he's saying they're deceived, but it's because they didn't love the truth. He goes on to say, for this reason, God will send them a strong delusion that they should believe the lie, that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So what he's saying in Thessalonians is if you have pleasure in unrighteousness, in other words, if you set up an idol, an unrighteous idol in your heart, then you are deceived and God allows you to believe a strong delusion. 
Now I'd like to just do a little detour here and just explain why truth is so important and why this is so surprising and yet it makes sense when we look at it. You know, you and I do not get saved by being good enough to get to heaven because no one can be good enough to get to heaven. So good works do not get us there. It's the sacrifice of Jesus that makes us able to be saved. We don't get saved by our age. It's not only adults or certain age of people. It's not our gender. It's not our nationality. It's not our education level. There's a whole lot of things that we think we could do as humans to get saved, but God says none of those matter. There's no Jew or Greek, slave or free, uh, male or female. It, it, we're all one in Christ. We're saved by grace, by, by the fact that God loves us and he's given us his salvation. But the one thing, the one thing we do have to do to be saved is to hear and understand the truth. Let me say that again. We're not saved by being good, by being religious, by being of a certain nationality, uh, by all the traditions and rules that humans try to put on people. No, it's by grace. God gives us a free gift. But the one thing we do need to do is understand, hear the truth and receive it. And therefore, the one thing that we need to be careful of is being able to say, I'm not going to be deceived. And there's a love of the truth. There's a desire for the truth that must be in us to be able to receive the truth. And so these idols in our hearts are those things where we say, I want the truth. But actually, you say, what is an idol? Let me give you a few examples. Quite a few of the cult leaders that we studied had a, a greed problem or a sexual perversion problem. They wanted to sleep with all the people in their group or they wanted all the money. And they had set up an idol in their hearts. Some of them had a, an arrogance problem where they just wanted to be the main person that everybody looked to and, and adored and, and almost worshipped. They, they needed to have their self-esteem built up by everybody saying how great they were. Those were three examples of the idols that they'd set up in their hearts. And so they were open to deception. Let me put it another way. If you get in your car and you type an address into your satellite navigation system saying, I want to go to X city. If you have an idol in your heart, what you've done is you've said, I want to go to this city, but I'm not prepared to go to anywhere that doesn't allow this perversion or this greed or this arrogance or whatever, you're, you're excluding a whole lot of places because in your heart you've set up blind spots or idols. And so you're guided and God says, I'll allow them to believe a delusion because they must want the truth. They must want my will and my way in order for them to not be deceived. And so the first way that we avoid being deceived is by removing the idols in our hearts. You say, Greg, what does that mean? What does that look like? How does that actually work? What it means is I come to God and I say, God, I want you and your way. You are God and I'm not. I'm willing to throw away or, or, or put aside all of my own presuppositions, my own wants, my own needs. I'm not in it for myself, for greed, for money, uh, for 
any of these other lusts or desires or arrogance or pride or my own self-importance. God, I just want you. I just want you. And when we do that, we've removed the idols. And then God is able to speak truth to us. And it's the first step in not being deceived. Now, I know this sounds kind of strong (laughs) because it sounds like we have to be willing to be perfect in order to not be deceived. And I want to stress to you that it's not that we have to be perfect. It's just that we have to be willing to put aside everything else and say, God, I just want you and your truth. Let me read you a few verses about this. John 7 verse 17. Jesus says, If anyone wants to do God's will, he shall know concerning the doctrine, whether it is from God or whether I speak on my own authority. Jesus was saying, if you come to God wanting to do his will, if anyone wants to do his will, not their own will, if I come to God with my own selfish desires saying, I want to get to know you, God, but it's because I want to find a spouse or I want to get rich or I want my business to succeed. If I'm using God as a genie just to meet my own needs, then I won't understand. But if I want to do His will, if I say, God, your will be done. You are God. You know better than me. I submit fully to you. Then he shall know concerning the doctrine, in other words, the teaching, whether it is from God or whether I speak of my own authority. They will be able to understand the truth correctly. Another verse, Proverbs 9 verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. If I'm going to have correct wisdom or knowledge or understanding of truth, the first step is the fear of the Lord. And what is the fear of the Lord? Proverbs 8 verse 13 says, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. I've got to say, God, I want to do away with evil. I want to just serve you and find out what is right. You remember we read that he says, Those who love the truth in 2 Thessalonians 2. If they love the truth, they want the truth, then they will find it. But if they don't, if they've set up idols, then they will be deceived. Psalm 81 verse 11. But my people would not heed my voice. Israel would have none of me. So I gave them over to their stubborn heart to walk in their own counsels. And Romans 1.28. Even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things that are not fitting. So the first thing is to get rid of the idols. Um, I need to come to God and just say, Lord, I'm willing to, to put aside all those things. And it's just a willingness. If I want to do his will, if I'm willing to be humble and say, God, I get rid of those things. So let's, let's just think for a minute in our own hearts and say, Lord, is there something in my heart that I'm not willing to give up? Maybe it's my pride. You know, a lot of times I've spoken to people who have gone off track and believed wrong things. And at the, at the base of it, it's a pride issue where they say, I want to be seen to be important and the one that everyone listens to and the only one who's been able to discern the special secret truth. And there's a pride there where they say, I'm better than others. The, the rules that apply to other people don't apply to me. That could be an idol. Maybe it's a sin or a lust or a greed Or maybe you're just not willing to say, God, whatever you want for my life, I will do. Let's get rid of the idols. The second thing is then just listening to various people who we're willing to listen to. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 33 says, Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Who we listen to and who 
influences us can lead us astray. But this comes second to the idols in our heart. Can I just say that if you have removed the idols and you've said, God, I'm completely willing to obey you no matter what, then you will be able to discern. The Holy Spirit will give you the power and the ability to discern when people are leading you astray. But if there is some ambivalence in your heart, then you will be susceptible to people leading you astray. And the, the Bible speaks of these deceiving people as wolves, and the antidote is shepherds. So the picture in the Bible is of a flock of sheep, and the shepherd is a loving, caring person who's willing to lay down his life for those sheep, and he protects them. But the wolves come in to destroy and to steal and to kill, and often they dress themselves as sheep. They're wolves in sheep's clothing. And so we've got to be careful of the wolves. And the Bible gives us many, many descriptions of what a wolf looks like and how to notice them. I'll read you just a few of them. Acts 20 verse 30, he says, Also from among yourselves men will rise up, speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves. A wolf wants to draw people to themselves. They want you to follow them. They want to be seen as the guru or the great one who has all the truth. And they're trying to draw followers to themselves. Be careful of people who are self-promoting or, or who make themselves great. Colossians 2 verse 18. Let no one cheat you of your reward, taking delight in false humility and worship of angels, intruding into those things which he has seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. If a person is very much speaking about, I feel, I've seen this, it's my experience, it's a vision I've had, but they're not based in God's word, it's all about themselves and they may be leading you astray. Uh, James 3 verse 13, Who is wise and understanding among you, let him show by good conduct that his works are done in meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not come from God, descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where there is envy and self-seeking existing, confusion and every evil thing is there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy, good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. The fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So he's describing a good shepherd versus a wolf. And there are many examples of this in the Bible, of how we can separate and differentiate between the wolves and the sheep. And in Ephesians 4, I'm just going to close with this passage for this talk, and then in a future talk I'll go into more detail on it. But in Ephesians 4, he talks about um, us being kept safe from false teachers. And in verse 11, he says, God has given some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. He says, when we link ourselves with good leaders, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, who are faithful shepherds, 
And together in a body, we're working together. We come to unity of the faith and we're no longer tossed to and fro. So I just want to summarize for this talk. If we will want God's truth, he says, I will give it to you. I will happily help you to understand the truth. But we've got to remove the idols. We've got to say, God, I don't want my own ends to be met. I'm not doing this to get something out of you. I'm not doing it for greed or lust or pride or any of these other things. God, I just want whatever you want. We remove the idols. We come humbly to him. But then we are careful about who we listen to and who guides us. If we will do that, he's promised to guide us. He says, if you seek me, you will find me. God uh, promises, I will see through to completion that which I've started in you. He is concerned and interested and invested in keeping you on track. But he says, just be careful not to be deceived. Can I just say um, a couple more things about these, the wolves? You know, Paul, in every city that he visited in the New Testament, he was coming up against false teachers who were contradicting what he was saying. He never mentioned them by name. He never called them out by name, but he spoke against their error. He would give the truth against the, the false teachings that they were teaching. And he would call out their teachings and the theories that they were proposing and he would say this is actually the truth he didn't attack them personally but he told people to watch out for them to be careful and to be listening for the truth and then he leaves Timothy in Ephesus and in 2 Timothy chapter 3 he speaks to Timothy about deception and he says but you must continue sorry verse 13 but evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. He says, Timothy, there are imposters and deceivers. Be careful of them. But you, Timothy, must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures. So he says, be aware there are deceivers and imposters. But then he says, you know what you've learned and you know whom you've learned it from. He says, Timothy, you know me, you know my life, you know what I've been through, you've walked with me and, and you've watched me, you know how I live, you know whom you've learned it from. Friends, if we know the person that we're learning things from, not just somebody who happens to be on YouTube or, or whatever, it's fine to listen to those people, but our shepherds, those who we trust to guide us, we've got to know them and they've got to know us. He says, you know whom you have learned from. And then he says, the Holy Scriptures are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. He says to Timothy, you've known the Bible since you were a little boy and you need to stay in the Bible. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correct, correction, instruction and in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. If we know whom we've learned it from, if we have trusted shepherds who will guide us and we're willing to listen to them, but mainly if we listen to God's word and we soak ourselves in it and we say, Lord, let your word infuse me and change me, then we will avoid deception. Just one more passage on this. It's James chapter 1. And he says, 
Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. So he says, be willing to lay aside the idols and receive the word with meekness. In other words, God, I'm letting your word change me. I'm not trying to make your word say what I want it to say. And then he says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. If I'm not willing to do what God's word says, he says, I deceive myself because there's an idol in my heart that says, I will do these things that God's word says, but these things I won't do. I've I've excluded certain destinations on my satnav. He says, if you won't obey God's words, then you're deceiving yourself. Then he says, for if anyone is a hearer and not a doer, he is like a man observing his face in a mirror. He observes himself, goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. He who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. If anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. So again, he's saying, if you're not willing to control your tongue or do what the Bible says, you've deceived your own heart, you put an idol up. But if you receive with meekness, lay aside, be willing to lay aside filthiness and receive with meekness the implanted word where it's deep in my heart, you will not be deceived. Lord Jesus, thank you that you've told us not to be deceived, but you've given us what we need to avoid deception. I pray for myself and my brothers and sisters, and I pray, Lord, that you would keep us on the straight and narrow, that you would keep us from believing wrong things, that you would help us to remove those idols and desires and and evil passions that are in us that want the wrong things. But Lord, fill us with your passions, your desires, your truth. And I pray, Lord, for good shepherds, and for your word to guide us and keep us strong. I thank you for your promise, Lord, that you will guide us, that you'll lead us into all truth, that you'll never leave us or forsake us, that you will hold us in your hand and keep us safe. And Lord, I pray that we would avoid deception and we would avoid going down all these wrong paths. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry by making a donation on the giving page at leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.